and gentlemen, this stage is set. The mics are on. It's not another fight cast time. With your hosts, fighting out of the blue corner. This man is a former fighter. The voice of Brave Combat Federation and Clan Wars MMA. The great and powerful Phil Campbell. Fighting out of the red corner. This man is a former fighter. And now one of the best coaches in mixed martial arts. The one and only Andy, the icon, Burrow. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome along to Not Another Fight Cast with myself, Phil Campbell, my co-host, Andy Burrows. Andy, how's it going, mate? Not too bad, Phil. Uh, today we are exceptionally lucky and uh, very, very thankful to have with us one of uh, Ireland's most accomplished kickboxers. In fact, let's be honest here, he's possibly the best kickboxer ever to walk the face of Ireland. And a fan favourite from Belfast. He is literally just known as the Belfast boy, world champion kickboxer, Mr. Gary Hamilton. Gary, how the hell are you? I'm very good, uh, Andrew. Thank you. No problem, mate. I'm glad to have you on the show. Um, reason we want to have you on the show is simply because we want to showcase as much of Northern Irish slash Irish talent in combat sports. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's not just about MMA for us either. No, definitely not. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the most prominent fe- features and fixtures in combat sports on the island of Ireland and, and abroad has been yourself for how long have you been competing now? 24 years. Right, so that's two and a half decades. You think how long uh, that is? I've been getting punched from being about 15. <laughs> As we said, we kind, we, kind of glossed, we kind of glossed over it there and I think it, you know, we need to put a point on it but you probably are the most decorated kickboxer from this island. You know, you've titles at Ulster, Irish, European, Intercontinental, yeah. World, and that's just an amateur, and then you go to pro, mm. and you have a multitude of world titles. So does, does that something that kind of resonates with you? Like, do, do, do you feel it? or you just... Me, I'm just like the boy next door. Um, mm. You know, born and brought up in Belfast, on the Donegal Road to be exact, uh-huh. to go for these Belfast and trained by the legend himself and also like a follower figure to me was Billy Murray. Yeah. You know, to me, he's the most decorated kickboxer ever to come out of the island of mm-hmm. Ireland, Northern Ireland to be in fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nice to basically follow in the footsteps of like what he's done and then what I've also done. Um, you know, so yeah, yeah, it's Nice. <laughs> and again, you're being very, very humble. It's a, it's an immense achievement. I mean, whenever I said I, I would treat you as the most decorated kickboxer in Ireland, I glossed. I didn't gloss over Billy on purpose. Yeah. Billy also fought a lot in Thai boxing, so he yeah. crossed that sort of realm. Yeah. Did you ever fight in Thai? You had a pro, you had a pro Muay Thai fight. Didn't you? I had a pro Muay Thai fight in. Uh, I'm trying to think what part it was in Italy, but I'm trying to think what part of Italy it was in. Mm-hmm. I fought a WMC world champion, mm-hmm. and. Uh, he was WK and European champion, uh, Muay Thai, obviously, and fought him in his hometown, stopped him the first round with an elbow. It was nice, uh, actually the first time ever experiencing Thai boxing, but going to the depth of food Muay Thai, which is a 5,000 year old sport. Yeah. yeah. You know, and which kickboxing is what we're affiliated into now, is came, you know, uh, dilute down into like full contact or mm-hmm. K1. But it was nice to have a blast at it. And that's sure I would like to do it again because <laughs> bloody elbows are in You never hear about somebody saying, I, I had a blast at Pro Muay Thai. You know what I mean? How did you find that transition from training, you know, sort of traditional K1, traditional kickboxing, to then going to Muay Thai with the, the extended clinch, the elbows, that type of thing? It, for me, it was okay because the guy who I thought was a bit smaller than me and I was just, I overpowered him. Mm-hmm. Truthfully, that been. Their boxing skills isn't the greatest, right, to be a pro boxer. Uh, but let me clarify, being a pro boxer, I started kickboxing, I could box a bit, and then I went pro boxing. And as part of the greats, uh, Wayne McCulloch, Jim Rock, Mark Winters. Mark Winters. Uh, right. Mark well, Winters. That, he's somebody who, again, have you, like, where's Mark now? You know, Mark was an absolutely unbelievable fighter. Yeah, Mark's a PT up in uh, the Hilton. Hotel. Is he still in the Hilton? I met Mark in the Hilton years ago in Temple Patrick. Yeah, yeah, still there. He's still there. Um, you know, most of the time, anybody it's doubled in a bit of fight scenes, mm-hmm. as in fighting for themselves or, or uh, 
Nah, PTs. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me. That's <laughs> exactly what I am. Yeah, and we're sitting in the same room and we're all still in the industry and that's why, I think that's what ends up happening. You retire and you go, what else am I going to do with myself here? Precisely. What have I been doing for the last 12, 15, 20 years? 25 years in your case. But you need to obviously transfer those skills into something else, push people on and hope other people will achieve their goals. That, you, you, you said they're obviously fighting in Thai boxing. It was quite an easy transition for you. But within the rules of kickboxing, there's there's no extended clinch. Mm-hmm. And in certain sort of styles of kickboxing, there's no knees. Um, there's other realms of kickboxing where there's no low kicks. Well, people yeah. don't realise Muay Thai is a grapple art as much as it is a striking yeah. art. Because the clinch is so important. And you, you know, if, if, you, if you get a tight plumb clinch on somebody, elbows locked, they're not getting out of that. Your knees right up the pipe. Yeah. Nobody's breaking that up. Very so true. Did you, find, did you find that difficult, that sort of transition to, no, to being in the clinch, or did you enjoy him. it? <laughs> 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 I flattered him with a hand. Um, when he did, I, I, actually I must have fight a couple of weeks back. I don't know why, I just popped on me. I had to help it. Watch us here and see what it was like. And um, when he did try to rub me, I just picked him up and threw him to the ground. I was like, the well, there, I'm not going to grab him. You know, so, yeah. What got me through was the, was the boxing side of thing. I remember I had him in the elbow and then we were standing and uh, it seems like a kick and he kicked and blocked her mm-hmm. face versa. And then a bloody elbow just came so close to my face. It's like, hey, I gotta get him out of here. I suppose. And I, I, it was a frightening experience. Of, you know, it's just one of the hardest parts of body, if not the hardest part yeah. between the elbows yeah. and the, the knees. You know, you get hit with one of just Lucky enough, I didn't cut him. I just knocked him cold with, with the elbow, brother. It was a downward cross, just mm-hmm. brought it right down top of his head. He just collapsed over. Do you find boxing footwork kind of helped there? Because Thai fighters have this propensity just to move in straight lines. Yeah. It's all kind of forward and back. If you had that boxing experience and that kickboxing experience, kind of having that awareness of lateral movement, did that come into play? It did, it did. But saying it did, I'm a go forward fighter, mm-hmm. more of a pressure fighter than anything. But yeah, I can, can use the ring to, to my ability. But that night, I just kept that distance, you know, move slightly, say to say, teed off a wee bit, more or less, but not, you're right, exactly what you're saying, they just go forward. Yeah, yeah. You know? and it, the, you, you touched on it, and I've always said this, and you know from whenever being in the gym, whenever I'm coaching, and I, I discuss this an awful lot, that the lack of head movement in traditional Muay Thai, I think, has let a lot of people... It just stays in the centre line. It just stays, stays in the centre line. line for days. And there's obviously reasons behind it. It's simply because they keep their hands nice and high, glued to the side of their head. <coughs> they're not doing an awful lot of upper body movement because they're controlling the ring more or less with their kicks and they have a good open elbows. And the boxing side of the, of the fighting art isn't their main portion of yeah. the game, you know. When you have elbows and knees to contend with too, it's a brutal, brutal sport. We were at Deliverance recently, and I was my yeah, that was my first ever, ever kickboxing or, or tie show. Yeah, it was fantastic. Absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Deliverance at Jamie Crawford. Yeah, Jamie's, yeah. Uh, Jamie's part with Jamie as well. Jamie's brilliant. I think it's far near enough for everybody. I used to get sparring with Jamie. It was an absolute hell for me. It was awful. I used to be, he used to wind me up all the time. He used to call it girly shin because every time he kicked me, I would go screaming like just my shins were in bits. But what Deliverance did for me, it kind of really showcased the level of talent because the first fight we we had missed maybe I think two fights when we walked in, and it was um, I think it was an under sixteen girls fight, and these two girls were technicians, like unbelievable. I I I wasn't throwing kicks or punches like that when I was 16 like they were like it was proper technique and it was amazing to watch and you're thinking what are they going to be like when they're 20 yeah. if they continue with the sport what are they going to be like when they're 22 so some of the girls about the guys the shame when oh, unbelievable look, look at Sam in our gym Sam yeah you know Sam very well Sam oh uh, yes yes Sam mm-hmm. Evans yeah Sam Evans mm-hmm. you know Sam very well yeah. obviously what's she like in the gym yeah just won an ISK pro title there a couple of months back yeah. she's one of the like she's one of the hardest spars in our gym and people actively avoid her you know it's time to pick a new partner and guys yeah. are like, <laughs> heads down and they're looking elsewhere just I forgot my gum shit it's in your mouth <laughs> different one and they're trying to make her way off the mat trying to get away from her and that's under some lights to try to avoid her too mm-hmm. yeah. oh, kicks, no matter what you hit her she's just kept coming forward on five. I think Samantha only lost one really when she was with Billy with us yeah if she, and if she misses a hook she's throwing a spinning back fist yeah it's fucking ridiculous yeah, true actually she hasn't got out of that no, no, <laughs> she's a mentally tough a seriously tough girl but there's some, yeah there's some serious stand up talent mm. on this island which, which, is, which is great to see you said that you started there when you were in and around 15 15 15 had first Fight. Was, no, 16, 16 had my first fight. And how did that come about? Were you aware of the sport? Was it? Did you know somebody that was training? How did you get into, my, into striking? My brother, uh, one of my brothers, was, I have another three brothers. I'm the youngest out of us all. 
And uh, he was always into his martial arts type of way. And uh, he came home, he was actually in the army. He came home, made a life for himself here. And uh, kickboxing was on the Ulster Hall. But at that time I knew a friend, done it, Mark Bailey. Uh, I know Mark very well. Sorry. Is Mark back over here? Is he back training? Or? I think he's teaching a wee bit. Yeah. I think he is teaching a wee bit. He was f- he, at that time, he was fighting. It was a Northern Ireland first France. Bill, Billy Murray mm-hmm. was fighting. And uh, I still remember this day. My brother said, Oh, yeah, Billy Murray's fighting. I'm like, who? <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. look at, you know, me, me and Billy are best of mates. You know, look, what we've done a lot for mm-hmm. each other. You know, he made me today what I am yeah um, the only name that I knew on, on that card was Mark Bailey mm-hmm. so let's take Mark fought Mark actually was fit. my next fight here to begin is a late middle bit I started my career at late middle bit and mm-hmm. it seemed to be going to be in at late middle and uh, Mark was actually fighting at that weight division as well and I was like oh, I, I know him I know him and then it's like whoa I could get used to this and if I joined it to compete mm-hmm. it's all I didn't understand there was gradings and all and you know and I just I just didn't understand it but at that time you know I was like I just want to compete I could do this I could do this you know 15 year old brat you know being able yeah I could do this here and long enough a year later I joined and, and what are the memories sorry I was 14 14 maybe 4 it was and what are the memories of stepping into the gym for the first time because we've said it you know gyms mm-hmm. Gyms are, can be notoriously intimidating Especially places. Especially that gym at that time. Mm-hmm. That yeah. gym at that time. As, a young, as a young lad going in, kind of wet behind the ears. When we started at an off gym in Beaver, Mark was running it. And it was just like a normal floor. It was like a, a gymnasium floor. And we're there and we just learn your basics, stand up syllabus motion, learn shoot down docks, one, two punts, left jab, pivoting on the spot mm-hmm. and front kicks, uh, jumping front kicks. You know, literally, that's what we're learning. It's like, yeah. I want to do more of this. I just loved it. I loved the discipline aspect of it. And we ended up going over the pro kick. I was like, whoa, this shit's got real. Different, like, a different level, was it? Yeah, there's a boxing ring in this. What am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, started progressing, going through the grades. You had my yellow belt, first belt. I was like, ah, great. I'm the real deal now. <laughs> and then, I progressed on from there going to sparring classes and I was I remember there was a girl at that time, Andy Black. My first sparring session was a girl. She beat me from one end of the ring to the other. <laughs> she was she was a brilliant fighter. She, she, the first show I ever went and watched was it was in eighteen ninety four. Backflips, jump up, land right in the splits. Another man, she was a pretty looking girl too. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> and, <laughs> Next thing you know, first sparring session, she beat the crap right out of me. <laughs> so she does like, oh my god, am I going to tell my mates about this one? <laughs> you know, so yeah, yeah, you know, it, it all progressed from there. And then first fight, how long was it between joining and then first fight? Eighteen months. Eighteen months. And what are the memories around the fight? Because you know, we've we've all fought, and yeah. we, we can all kind of empathise with the, the the feelings of of your your first fight in any kind of discipline. Yeah, what do you remember of the first fight? My first fight, I remember travelling from the car from. Stranraer, right down to Little Port in England. We're on a world title undercard. Uh, Curtis Bush, hell of a legend, pro boxer as well. I still keep in contact with Curtis mm-hmm. this day. I was, uh, yeah, I was 16 when I had my first fight. And uh, going the whole way down there for a guy called Peter Muffet. Or Peter Muffet. M- Muffet, sorry, it was Muffet. Um, went in, I went all guns blazing. Boom, every shot was a bomb. Spin back fist, second round, every shot again. It's like, yeah, I could get used to this. Next thing you know, fitness. <laughs> I, end up, I ended up losing the fight. And um, when I got out, I was disappointed. I was heartbroken. But I was like, you know, I could get really used to this type of thing. And uh, yeah, you know, so it was a learning curve. And never, never once again did I ever lose a fight for fitness. Um, it was. I, I was just lazy, not running. I was doing the time in the gym, but yeah. I was just maybe not, <coughs> not, not doing really the understanding. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we had this conversation last week with Jeff Hall. We said the same thing. Like if we, you could see somebody being the most fittest human being you've ever seen in the gym, but it's not necessarily in the gym that that fitness is created. 
it's outside in the foundation when you're doing your long miles in a row of either running or cycling or swimming or doing something else. Mm. Yeah, it's and a bit that people don't see on your own. It's yeah. a bit that people don't see on your own. And that's if you're not carrying that through, that will show up in the fight. And I use the yeah. analogy with running. You know, if you are going to run a marathon, we talked about this before, if you're going to run a marathon and you look like a fit guy, you might be okay for the first two miles. But the next no, bit's really. going to show. It's the same in a fight. If you put the work in, it's going to show up. Endurance is a bad thing. It, it can be the best thing in the world. Mm-hmm. It can also be the shittest thing in the world. If you start to feel endurance, it feels like somebody's just stuck a syringe into your back, sucked out all your energy, and there's nothing you can do about it. Especially, in, especially in combat sports. Oh, you know, nobody's going to... Like, he was saying, like, as, as a footballer, you can maybe get away with it because you've got 10 other guys around you that can carry yeah. you. But if you're in a ring, a cage, oh. somewhere by yourself, there's no places to hide. There's no corners where you can be unseen. No. So yeah, it's, and, and it's you're basically yeah, yeah. When it's not going, when it's not going well, it's, not going it's good, the loneliest place in the world. Even when it is going well, and you're blowing out your ass, it's still <laughs> the loneliest too. It's that's like, one of the things that people, fucking bell. people don't realise about that. That's when doubt creeps in. Yeah. That's when you think, oh yeah, I'm winning, and then automatically fitness starts to go, and you went, oh shit, just say his fitness isn't going. Just say this, just say that. And you start questioning everything, and then you start to become more, or sorry, you start to become more like nervous tension starts to creep in when you're thinking if I throw this just say he throws that you start questioning all your moves and motives that's when fitness really has a massive factor when you have that confidence and you know you're fit you, you know I don't care I can throw this I know I'm going to be fit to be able to get out of the way move out of the way and, and your mind's clear and thinking that's the things that people miss about being endurance how, how tough endurance training really is very true and how, 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 how often were you competing as an amateur because one thing I kind of noticed in the modern era is Combat athletes at the amateur level don't compete as much as I think they should. You know, I see, I compare everything to MMA because that's my background, but you've got maybe an amateur fighter that's competing twice a year perhaps, mm. whereas I think you need to be getting that under your belt, especially at the amateur level where your wins and losses, you don't live and die by your wins and losses. Yeah. So I'd, I'd like to see amateurs getting in there, building the records, gaining experience, if that's going to be their platform to kind of parlay into a pro career. Yeah. Um, I think with, with kickboxing, I think you see guys competing a lot more often. Would that be fair you to do, say? You do. Now I only had 12 amateur fights. Before going pro? Before I turned pro. I turned pro at 19 years of age. Um, Won the World Amateur title on the Billy Murray Church Singh rematch down the waterfront back 2000, March 2000. Mm. I won the World Amateur title and I turned, I was 19, I turned pro just a couple of weeks before my 20th birthday. Had my first fight when I was 20. So, amateur, I think it is important to have a good state of amateur fights. Mm-hmm. It's lucky enough because. I had a pro style, and I, and we all, all, all are taught pro style. Uh, that's a quick progression from twelve yeah. amateur fights then into your. And was there just had obviously you'd accomplished everything that an amateur could accomplish. So at that stage, we just like, well, there's there's nothing left for me to do but go pro. Yeah, basically that's what it was. Because uh, one of our amateur titles at the top of the tree as an amateur, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and one every other title under. Also, yeah, yeah, I did actually. Um, so it was like a natural I, move. It was a natural move. It's a natural um, move there. Everybody say, like, oh, good, going to be a millionaire, going to be this, going to be that. Oh, hold on, it's kickboxing at the minute. But even then, like, there's world th- world champions boxing out there are still dying on their ass. Like, True. people think when somebody gets a title behind them or has a nice shiny belt, the next thing you know, next thing comes a Bentley in a massive house, but so it's complete. You mentioned the name there not that long ago, Scott Harrison. Yeah, Scott Harrison, look at that. He's still fighting, uh, as far as I know, unlicensed. Yep. Marty, Marty Rogan won prize fighter and then was driving mm-hmm. his taxi a couple of days later. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's, nobody gets involved in combat sports to become millionaires. No, true. Unless you're, unless you're, you know... Lucky. That, that maybe 1% of the 1%, yep. it's going to be very rare. People get involved in the sport because they love the sport, mm-hmm. as, you know, you, you clearly yeah, do. Yeah. You clearly pointed out that it's a discipline aspect for you. Do you think combat sports give you discipline or did you have discipline whenever you joined combat sports? Because I have a theory on this. No. Truth, I had this question asked to me. I'm not going to say the name who asked it. Asked me, I said, uh, Gary, if you didn't think hitboxing, where would you be? Simple, says, <laughs> <laughs> so seriously, I mean, you got to realise, born around the Donegal Road, close to Sandero. Philly to man to be exact. Yeah. You know, I've been close to it a few times, like, but, um, yeah, if I didn't find that discipline, I, yeah, I probably would have been a life sentence. So, so do you think that kickboxing and combat sports gave you discipline? A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, I grew up not getting 
a freak about anything, mm. being a spoiled wee brat, doing, getting my own way, you know, partying, drinking. And then I did think kickboxing, you know, truth, discipline, mm. respect is always one thing that believes being. Yeah. And it's always stuck by me. And, you know, it did. It really, really yeah. did get me. I have, a, I have a different theory on that. I think it's in the person before they start sport. I well, do. Definitely when, I, when I say which way I was, don't get me wrong, I would always say please and thank you, you know, yeah. always that way. It's always one thing I was uh, made by, by, by my mum and dad. Mm-hmm. Um, I, got, I did respect my, my elders and all, yeah. but it was just so we shit, basically. What, what I mean is a sort of discipline to keep turning up at the gym every day. You know, yeah. we have people come, I'm in a boxing club, and bring him, I want to teach my child discipline, and he's, he doesn't want to do anything. Yeah. That's the kid. Yep. You know, that's in the person. I, I always, I truly believe that if that person can stick to going to football, going to swim, going to anything, they have that mindset already. Mm. It could be going to chip play chess, table tennis. <clears throat> but I always think that's in the, in the human being. And then when it goes to combat sports, it, it's, it's set off on its own wee path. I, I think it's also important to get people at a young age when they're perhaps a little bit more malleable. Yeah. And not as stuck in their way. So if you get a 14, 15 year old who then finds a gym and everything and then they're more 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 receptive to maybe the maybe the teachings of somebody they consider a role model is like we've said before, um, if I'm you know, I'm I'm thirty one, so if I go into a gym and a coach is shouting at me, I'm gonna be like, fuck this. Yeah. If you're another adult male trying to shout at me and go all drill sergeant, I'm not gonna be receptive <laughs> to that. But because and I have experienced that and it's it's just I've completely withdrawn from yeah from, and from it just kind of embarrassing it is a wee bit embarrassing but as you say a 14, 15 year old if they've got somebody perhaps maybe talking to them in a way they're not used to not pandering to them not just telling them not to do things mm-hmm. but explaining consequences explaining discipline explaining the why of what you're doing mm-hmm. I think especially at a young age that can be so formative mm-hmm. and the best way to do that is through combat sports yeah which is clearly yeah. what you you've pointed out quite uh, hundred and ten percent agree with. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> picture me walking in the gymnasium with you know, yeah, I'm like, like, you get it. <laughs> Who the fuck is this guy? But that's how we've had this conversation loads of times and we've all been there, we've all been at that gym where somebody yells and, and no talking, you suck. I'm like I'm 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 like I'm forty two now, I like piss off. I, I don't need you to ever talk to me like that, you know. And True. and you can see that element is still in combat sports and I think it's mental. I think mm-hmm. it's crazy. Yeah, okay, I might have worked in the thirties or something in Detroit. Doesn't no. work, and no, you know, two thousand in Belfast, it's not going to work. <laughs> you walk out, the cars and fires. Sorry, yeah. it wasn't me. <laughs> and somebody's on set. Well, shouting now. <laughs> shouting doesn't put out fires. <laughs> so turning turn pro then at quite a young age, you say that's that's a natural progression. Was there much of a transition with regards to your training, with regards to mindset, going from that last amateur fight to pro? No, because. I was full of confidence. Mm-hmm. I, re- I, I really, really was. When, when it came to fighting, even when, even when it does come to fighting, it's like, ah, well, you know, I'm not worried about that there. That there was the last time I ever had nerves for a fight. Oh, really? Was your bro debut? No. My last last time fight. Was, fight was the last time I, you ever had nerves? Even now, this day, I don't get nervous for a fight. So okay. Not anxious about getting it on, ask him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I won't go do this, no, that's the mm-hmm. Don't get shakes or, no, let's do this. Really? I could actually fall asleep about 10 minutes before the fight. It wouldn't bother me. That's crazy. It's brilliant. That's crazy. I've it's like Lennox Lewis. Be truthful. When I'm in the fight, and I still remember it, so I, can't, I think it was a world title defence. I think I fought a wee... I think it was the third defence of my world title. I remember hitting a guy a right hook, and I could hear... The thump off, and now this here was a feller with, and I could hear the thump off. I was like, I wonder did I close the front door? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and then I could hear Billy saying, Gary, kick, kick, and I'm like, did I close the fucking door? <laughs> so you've said that nerves obviously didn't really play a part for you going from that transition from last amateur fight to the pro fight. It was a relatively short space of time, two years or so, between your pro debut to then fighting for your first world title. Was there nerves even attached to, to that, that first world title fight? No, no. Uh, the only thing I was worried about, cause it was a drop the feller weight. Mm-hmm. It was 50, 58 and a half, 59 kilo or something. Like that. That's mad. Crazy I, low weight. I, was, I won the world amateur title, 64.4 kilo. 10 stone won the bare sack. So that was obviously walking around weight then for you? Like you weren't cutting anything to make that? I, my walking around weight was 72 kilo. Jesus. That's a serious amount of weight to drop. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, straight on, on that way, going down, um, 
to make the the fifty nine kilo. Well, I'm near more than sure it was fifty nine kilo. I can't remember. I would have to check. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you would you would have had to do a water cut then for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I was always bigger than the guys. But the guy who I fought, um, he was tall and lean. Pascal Pastor, French dude. That's the one. Mm-hmm. I couldn't think of his name. <laughs> <laughs> Fought him in his hometown, stopped him in the forefront. He was from, he was from Leon, was he? Yeah, from Leon, yeah. So did, did that add a wee bit more to it for you, going in there, being like, okay, well, this is the hometown guy. Did, did you have a wee bit of a chip on your shoulder going into that fight, thinking, I can I can take out the hometown guy in his hometown and take a belt? All I could think about is, like, yeah, I'm going to rip this belt away from him in his hometown. Because that night I went in, nothing would have beat me. The night before was a different story. When you had, uh, to, when you had to cut the weight and make the weight? Or? the weight. Had a... <laughs> Funny story, actually. <laughs> Making a weight. I jumped on the scales. Dried out for a couple of days. Uh-huh. Jumped on the scales, 62 kilos. It's like, fuck me, here we go. And uh, still this day, and I think Billy would be the first one to say this. So the first time he's ever seen me break a wee bit under pressure. Not, not crying or anything. Mm-hmm. But you had that frustration set in, yeah. Had an hour to make the weight. Next time we made the weight, they came in another hour to do it. Leon France. December, nineteenth <laughs> of I, December. You have to get warm quickly. Uh, it's fucking freezing. You're not going to run outside, like. And skipping in a bloody restaurant, but fire people eating their dinner. <laughs> 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 Running up and down, I say. Didn't know where to go. Couldn't read. Couldn't speak a wee bit of French then, but couldn't read French. <laughs> and I was like, right, what way did I come? Because it was pitch black, and it's like. Emmerdale Farm, literally, only darker. <laughs> I was running up and down the roads, black bag on. I'm not even sweating here, what the fuck? And skip, skip, skip. Anything I've skipped from that. Well, if, you've, if you've dried yourself out, it's going to yeah. take your body a good while to get sweat on, like, <sighs> to break a sweat. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Uh, rinsing my mouth with water, spitting it out. I couldn't afford to swallow. And uh, finally, three hours later, the cut two and a half kilo off. Jumped on the scales, naked. <laughs> Stamina. We caught Willie and everything hanging. Oh, it disappeared. I thought it was a female fight. Uh, turn, turn around, everybody started applauding when, when I made the weight. And I had the towel rather than when I turned around. People eating their dinner at this time. And uh, they all started clapping. I put my hand up and waving the phone, towel <laughs> fell down. <laughs> like, Hi. oh, hello. Nobody ordered snails for the rest no, of the night. No, no, no. <laughs> That's ridiculous. And then, so, so that, that's essentially, we call that the fight before the fight. Yeah. Because it can be just as fucking testing as being in there sometimes. If not tougher, if not tougher sometimes, especially people make a contract and fight at a certain weight. Yeah. I've never really made that weight before and use this as an opportunity to see if they can get there. And that is dangerous. It's dangerous for you going into the fight as well, dehydrated, but it's yeah. also dangerous for the, for the safety of the fight itself actually ever even taking place. Yeah. That's a crazy amount of weight. Did you... Obviously, that's going back to, what was that, 2001, 2000? 2002. 2002. 2002, so we're going back a, a quite a long time there. What was your diet and stuff like then? Did you... <laughs> fucking nothing. Did, you aware, <laughs> did, did, did you understand diet and nutrition back then? I didn't. I was ignorant to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was ignorant to it until my last, my last fight there it was the best shape I've ever been in. Now, the fight was made at light welterweight, but I went on a light bit. 9-11 for it, you know, don't get me wrong, I feel separation all the time, and there was other things on, but I was just 100% professional about it, yeah. which is the only way I know to be, and all things outside of that, the training was tremendous, the, without a doubt, there's pictures on my Facebook, and there's one of me standing up, there's black and white, you know, fans and all, all down the side, six pack, red, <laughs> nah, just have a cake, you know, um, <laughs> Yeah, it was it was the best shape, and I yeah. understood the dad then. You know, cut cutting the carbs. I was like, how oh, much you need those? Or you know, as I said, it was just a wee bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. we were actually having this discussion with Jeff on our last podcast. Jeff went from welterweight in MMA, which is 76, 77 kilos. 77 kilos. 77 kilos. 77 kilos, and he went up then to middleweight in MMA, which is 82, 84. 84. 84. So he was up to 84, and Jeff says it's the best he's ever felt and the fact that he didn't cut out any carbs at all but what he did was he moved on to intermittent fasting which is doing the 8 16 8 version mm-hmm. of intermittent fasting and he says that made a huge huge difference to his life because it just made him a lot happier yeah. made his training go much better he felt he said, said he didn't feel as, as drawn the whole time throughout training is that something that you are looking at doing now did you understand the fitness side and dad side more which way 
I do understand it. You know, and everybody has their different things that work for them. Mm. Obviously, for me, it's high protein, low carbs. Yeah. Basically, the carbs that I would take would be liquid form, so you disperse them when you're sweating. Right. What's so, what's what are you taking for that? God, I can't even remember the name yeah. of it. But it's a supplement. It's a, it's a carb based supplement. Yeah. Well, it tastes like shit, but that's yes, absolutely you know, vile. But it gets it into the system. It gets into the system. system. It gives you. It, it gives you what you need to do. Yeah. Um, for me, that's what I do. So it's not a shock to the system when you do carb up. You know, mm-hmm. bloat and mm-hmm. you feel like crap. Yeah. You know, so you can feel unhappy. And so the carbs is going in. It's getting dispersed. So it's not going to be leaving weight on you. Yeah. Know, which is. <laughs> which is the last thing that you want because yeah. the last thing you want now is to end up going and trying to do three, four kilos of water a couple of hours like you did that time. Now that's a that's an interesting sort of side of things. We're sort of talking more about diet and nutrition yeah. and strength and conditioning surrounding combat sports. Did you do any strength and conditioning back then? Not really. No. No. Um, for when when I was at the head, the head of the kickboxing, mm. I was just naturally physically strong. Yeah. You know, and to me, I didn't need need the weights. Uh, it, it was just one thing I wasn't in into. It was just in for getting the rounds done and yeah. you know, banging, literally punching people hard. Well, you know, it was just came naturally to you. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Now my last fight, as I said, the the best shape that I've ever been mm. in. We did do a lot of strength and conditioning then, mm. and. I, I found, I found it different, and I found it better. Yeah. Uh, but we've also done it for this fight now. Mm-hmm. This fight at uh, Saturday night, I was 88 kilo. Oh. I, was, I wasn't fat, but I was big. I hit the weights big time. Mm-hmm. So I've cut from then, then I have two pound left to drop. That's amazing. You know, and literally, you know, I feel great. I'm really... I've cut the carbs down, mm-hmm. haven't cut them out. Yeah. You know, I'm ripped at the minute. And it's still heavy comparatively. You, know, you remember I started at 70, 71. 71. Dropped to 68. Then I was down to 64. Then down to 62. Then down to 59. <laughs> the order we're getting there, I'm going back up again. Yeah. You know, that so makes like, more sense too. Obviously, yeah, I mean, it does. You your know, bone density is increasing, your muscle mass is increasing, you're now. As you pointed out, you're more understanding of what strength yeah. training can do for a modern fighter. Mm-hmm. And I think there was an element back then, even probably still now, it still permeates through some gyms that, that weights are not, it'll make you stiff, it'll yeah. make you lethargic, which we all know now is complete and utter garbage. Yep. Yep. <laughs> one, th- one thing I would like to know is what are your memories of that first title fight, that fight night, the fight day, the everything in and around it? What, what do you remember of that? Making the weight was the thing that sticks out, but uh, the fight itself, it was great because UTV came over and followed me over. Gary Gillespie, still this day, we all keep in touch. Gary Gillespie is actually the MC now for our shows. Um, having them come over was like, God, I've made it. <laughs> you know, I made yeah. it, you know. And it, it was nice of them come over. Um, they came over. After the fight, uh, sorry, we all came back together after the fight. He went straight away and got put on new TV. So that Sunday, I was sitting in Willerspoon's down <laughs> celebrating the then, well, which is now my ex-wife, uh, sitting there celebrating. I, I, I know you, don't ask. I don't know, man. <laughs> what's your name? I was like, uh, Gary. Gary Hamilton, we you not on fighting? I met last night. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks, man. Let's get out of here. <laughs> you know? I know, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's basically my memories of it. <laughs> I remember uh, when when I knocked a guy and knocked him down. Mm. It was like he, he threw a jab and I slipped and hit him with a, a red hook, and uh, I caught him around about the ear. Obviously, you know, then your ear, your balance goes off. And he dropped down. Then, yeah. and it was like, ah, uh, rubber punch, rubber punch. It's like, what's the fuck? <laughs> and uh, to me, being a fighter. If you get hit with a shot, you go down, you get back up. Yep. Don't complain. You know, don't get it. It's a bit between the legs or something. Like, come on, you Do know. Like, if, it's, if it's at the back, precisely. Yeah. If it's at the back of the Always get away head, warm. Yep. If it's at the back of the head, you know, hey, payback's a bitch, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I've always been labeled by Ernesto Hust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. We, as I say, have fought Ernesto's card. Um, he came over here, done uh, uh, demonstrations and all. 
And he always said, I'm one of the dirtiest fighters he's ever seen. I had a thinking that was the best compliment I, anybody's I ever given me in my life. He called me Dirty Gary. Oh. <laughs> dirty Gary. What a nickname, man. What a name. Brilliant. I, dirty I Gary Hamilton. Aubrey Tarr? Yeah. Oh, I, fought, I fought Aubrey. Who I, hasn't fought Aubrey, yeah. to be fair? Like? Aubrey fights with himself every day. <laughs> I love Aubrey the bit, you he's, know, but he's his own worst enemy when mm-hmm. it comes to fighting. He's brilliant. <laughs> Last time I seen him, he had missing tooth and everything. I said, well, I mean... Age hasn't been good to you, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he just looked at me and was like, well. He loves so it, though. Loves he, it. He does, he does. I remember fighting, uh, oh, it's the second time I fought him. Um, we, uh, it was a dinner show we had in the Hilton Hotel, uh, just at Mansfield. There. And I, I kicked, went to kick Aubrey, because uh, my left, left leg was always my stronger leg. So I'm left footed, right handed. And uh, I turned out Paul and put the kick across but he was kicking at the same time I went underneath and clipped him in his uh, lady parts <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so when, when I when I was like oh man sorry the referee obviously told me oh come on mate keep it kicked so I was like oh, I was Bob Hunter Bob Hunter and uh, <laughs> so protect yourself at all times like, alright so I put the hands down here to touch gloves he touched gloves I walked him my right hand <laughs> he fell dirty guy he, he fell and I remember turning around everybody laughing I could hear it, everybody laughing, turning and looking, I seen Ernesto killing himself. Just shaking his head. Like this here. Yeah. And, uh, but believe it or not, I broke my hand and I hit Aubrey. It's a wee bit of karma there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, that doesn't surprise me no, at all. No, he's got the hardest head. It's like a bowling ball, it's like punching a bowling ball. The man is one of the toughest, toughest guys that you'll ever meet. Toughest guys you'll ever meet. You're 100% right. I was in his corner, he was fighting, it was his 100th pro fight or something, 100th kickboxing fighting infusion down south and I was doing his corner and he came back into the second round. Now he'd taken a couple of shots but to be frankly honest with you, anybody who knows Aubrey, that's that's just Aubrey. Oh, you'll take a lick and keep on ticking. Yeah, and the, 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 the referee comes over to me and goes, listen, you might want to think of pulling him out here. And Aubrey stands up and goes, you might want to tell him to fucking hit me first. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you need any more? No, he's fine. Just carry on. <laughs> and it was just like instantaneously, you know, like you're back in the room over it, straight up. Doesn't he's one of the toughest dudes you'll ever meet. We do we did. We actually fought each other three times. Three times I beat him. Uh, second time I fight you fourth time in a heartbeat. Oh of course he would. Of course he would. There's always that one more. There's always that one more. When we fought the second time in front of the house and when I dirty jewed him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah, it was just all one-way traffic of us, and the the MC and they all got there. It was a unanimous decision, but they said on a split decision. Mm-hmm. So I started Aubrey, and uh, next thing you know, a couple of people were coming. Yeah. Oh, he had a shot in Woodstock Road, and them boys over East Belfast and everything. And uh, I, Aubrey says, you can't fight worth a fuck. I was like, what? What's that? <laughs> so I never said anything, and it was off for a wee bit. It was going through marital problems and all, and all that there jazz. And we um, came back and ended up fighting number three. Andy Cusick uh, on the channel. Yeah, yeah. I know Andy and his family very, very well. <coughs> and uh, he ended up sponsoring the fight. So we were down there. And uh, we were there. And I was just like, fuck here, boy. He's going to start talking shit again. And, uh, you know, now, Gary, don't think you're going to stop me. Don't think you're going to stop me. You know, Alexander White couldn't stop me. And I looked down and I said, you can permit Alexander White. Why well, what do you mean? I mean, last time I sparred with Alex he started crying in the ring. I says, well, what's that tell you? And I looked at him and he went, aye, aye, but, but I, I took his best kicks across his face. I mean, I also took my best hands across your face too. I mean, so how's that there? So I can feel the ear going. And I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to say that. I'll remain me and professional. <laughs> so we're outside, and outside they have a big electric box, you know, the big green boxes. And we're sitting there, uh, just track bottoms on, tops off, everybody taking a horn in the Shango Road, you know. Wanker you just, you know, <laughs> you know that type of way. And now we're, we, were, uh, we were all sitting there, a couple of people going by, I know, it's like, yeah. And uh, Aubrey's saying, now you know uh, this face going to be, and this is one I'm going to win, and stuff like that there. And I just remember just in thought and going, okay, we'll see you on the night, you know, and uh, whatever happens. And so we end up coming to fight, and the fight started. I think I boxed him south, Paul. And uh, he tried, he really tried. I just, every time he, he tried to hit me, I think he, he hit me one right hand, I put the hands down, I said, you see, you hit me like that. <laughs> and, uh, really offended. I was, I was like, I was like a slap from my uh, six-month-old baby. And, uh, 
And I, I, that's not dicking his power, by the way. That's just ways where I felt. Just be like you're trying to set up oh, fight number four here. <laughs> he's gonna set him off. You know what it is. And uh, he's getting fucking tagged in this. Yeah, um, he ended up. He got stopped in the third. He was just taking punishment. He didn't need to. Uh-huh. I remember having a conversation with Matt of He said, "Oh, they made. I think you need to stop." And. Uh, like, no, 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 there's a couple more. I'm not even having this conversation. I'm away to get a shower. And, uh, you know, he, he had his last fight there. He fought a guy, Mickey Shields, on one, one of the last shows in the Holiday Inn. And uh, he just wasn't himself. You see, no. the self id has been there for he a long time. He is genuinely one of the toughest guys so, oh, that you're ever going to come across. Definitely. One definitely. of the toughest men. Like, he's had, I don't know, into the hundreds now of fights, whether it be boxing, boxing, kick, MMA. boxing MMA. He's just... He's, and he went away there to some, again, and some other, I think it might have been point fighting tournaments or something as well that he was doing. Probably. And, yeah, he was away. He, he, he medaled at the seniors today. Yeah, right? he, he ended up coming back with medals and everything. And so, I mean, the, the dude is, he's again, one of the toughest dudes in, in Northern Irish combat sport. See if MUA got a point system, he'd be on that there too. That's makeup artist. Aubrey <laughs> <laughs> Tarr, makeup artist, that's it. <laughs> you not like your makeup? <laughs> Bang. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Doesn't, doesn't bear thinking about it, does it? Can you imagine? I'll be in drag. That's it. <laughs> I've been like saying that earlier and I've seen some drag acts in my team. <laughs> uh, we descend it. We descend it. We bet there. No, no. Off topic. We bet there. Last night's there. Deeply dirty Gary for you getting another. Dirty Gary. Dirty Gary going dark. Sorry, what were we talking about? <laughs> we touched on kickboxing at one stage. Like. <laughs> yeah. So Degenerated now deeply. We touched on the, the first, first world title there. Second world title, yeah, that was up a few weight classes. Did that you go? Was, uh, was that light welterweight? It ended up light welterweight, but I always avoided, not avoided, it avoided me, the lightweight world title. Meant to fight for it on a couple of occasions. Once was in the waterfronts, meant to fight Marty Cox Jr. You ever? I know the name, but I can't think of where it's from. Well, Marty's from England, mm-hmm. and uh, he won this, he won that. He's meant to be the next, the slot nailer. And, uh, it's like, right, right, okay. He had like one fight, one, one world title. One fight, one world title. Yeah. It's like, right, okay. I'm not I think he won a couple of mediocre English titles or something like that there. And that, that's, as I say, that's not dicking what he done. And uh, next thing you know, we want to fight Gary Hamilton. I heard this, heard that. I think he says that and the other. So, Billy, being my manager, uh, coach, got the fight set up. Remember the fight, and that was the waterfront. And again, that was come the time where it would have been perfect to beat me because I went through a custody battle, which was oh. fucking terrible. And uh, <coughs> the force lost everything. Near enough bankrupt, the thing was, it was a chef still, so couldn't announce bankruptcy. So that would have been the perfect time to fight. And uh, he was warned, don't fight me. Don't want to fight him. No, no, we want to fight the best. Won't do this. Won't do that. Okay, no problem. And uh, walking, getting ready to go out the ring. He wanted to go out last. Like, well, hold on, it's Gary's hometown. Yeah. I still remember the bits and pieces of shit that they came up with. Ah, but Marty's a bigger fighter. But Gary's more profile than what you've ever been. Said, you know that type of way. I said, whatever. You want me to go out first? I just get in the fucking ring. Let's get this going. And uh, next thing you know. Marty Cox has fell over a chair, racked his ankle. Are you what? F- five minutes before we met the go down the ring. He's fallen over a chair and racked yeah. himself. So anyhow, I went there, we'd done a speech in the, in the ring. And uh, I remember before we were going to go out, I said, what is it? It's no injury, is it reoccurring? No, no, but I've done it twice before. <laughs> <laughs> so it's reoccurring then, Marty, yeah. I'm really glad I'm not punching <laughs> fights. So... Uh, so that was the, the last time I was meant to fight for the lightweight mm. world titles. Still this day, I don't think anybody's fought for it. It's in that there. I'm not too sure I haven't kept the yeah. attack on it. So I've continued on fighting and then as I said, my last fight was for the light welterweight mm. world title. Um, five years, five years ago. And how did that how did that come about then? Going from fighting at sort of featherweight, then lightweight, and how did the opportunity present itself to fight for the light welterweight title? Well, I actually fought for the welterweight world title too before out there. Um, you know, I just wanted it that much and I just burned myself out. It was K1 stage for a guy called Daniel Sarr. One of the most awkwardest people you could ever 
you stand there and just with his knee up, like flick, 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 flick. Next thing you know, there's like a Van Damme kick coming at you, jumping, full turn kick or jumping, spinning kick. Uh, and you're like, where the fuck did that come from? Boxing, not the greatest. I was always on favourite to beat him. Come there, so I had that much going on, working, training. Back in the world title scene, wanted it that much. I cooked myself at both ends of it, you know. It was a welterweight world title. I went in late welterweight. Uh, it's K1 said. K1 said wasn't even the test. It wasn't really good because always when I was boxing, I always dip down. Always dip down, drop your weight. You hit yeah. a bit of a harder punch. <laughs> when I do that, the fuckers put a knee into my face. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I was always always open for that there. So not the man in the first round. He cracked my sternum bone, my knee. Oh, he, he was. That just knocked the fight right out of me. But then, that uh, happened in the first round. <laughs> well, first that was, round. You were, what, was that fourth or fifth round that fight ended? Or did that go the distance? No, I, I, I third or fourth maybe. I'm not too sure, I can't remember. It's one, it's, one I, it's one I want to forget about. And uh, I swear, I just knocked. I remember I hit him with the hardest right hand that I could. That's when I realised I burnt myself. Because mm. he just took it and was like, you see somebody would fall over or something, you, you know? Some reaction? Uh, and yeah. the leg shake or something like that. Nothing. <laughs> he just looked at it. It was like, slowed him down a wee bit. And, you know, next thing, it was still all these here spinning kicks. And uh, right there and there, I was like, God, is this my career coming to an end? So I think I was out of the ring for about a good 10 months. And then got the opportunity for this fight. There was a wee bit of needle between me and a fighter called Sam Mull. He's meant to be this, he's meant to be that. He won a WKA version of the world title. Then he won an ISKA version of the world title. Mm-hmm. Okay, who did he fight for? One, one person who was a main fighter was uh, Michael Johnson, who's an old friend of mine. Me and him fought before. And, let's say, friends, being friends, fighting. And uh, I had a big business forward. And we did. So he fought, fought him and he beat him. Michael just blew his gasket. Like big opportunity for him. He, he just blew up. Just seeing too, because Michael was a fit guy and he was winning the fight. So Sam Allen was talking this and talking that. I was like, you know what? So you said you were meant to fight um, uh, Sam Allen. Yeah. And what was the, the sort of trajectory of that fight or what was going on with it? Well, the fight was saying till. Um, Came over, we done all the publicity things, you know, top table interviews and all, all that stuff. And we, a couple of weeks out from the fight, he ended up pulling out off the fight from what we were gathered that he was he was told to avoid me. The he's a fight that he don't want. The, if you want to remain unbeaten, don't be down because Gary's had a lot of fights, a lot of experience. Okay, you, went, you hold two world titles, he holds one. It was only the WKN world title was on the line. His other two were still safe. And um, so that was okay. Obviously, he pulled out and had a, uh, a person who was in training for a fight to come in, which is uh, Rana. Pablo Rana? Pablo Rana, yeah. And uh, we're already fought his coach 10 years previous, which I only found out on the day of the weigh-in when we did get weighed in and uh, I didn't even recognise him because he put up a put on a lot of weight sorry so yeah it was nice of course I had to say to him oh, what's it like going to feel or how's it going to feel when you're going to lose and you're going to be like your coach getting knocked out as well you know so I don't know if I went down like a fart in a space suit or not but you know so yeah I, I didn't have to fight I stopped him in the fifth round mm-hmm. uh, I think the pressure just was too much for him but uh, he, he's a good fighter. Still, he's a good fighter, mm. and uh, he's still active to this day. Five years later, as are you? I know. <laughs> which kind of which kind of brings us nicely to to what's going down on Saturday. Yes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> do you even know what number of fight this is in your career? Ninety five. Ninety fifth fight. Ninety fifth fight in your career. Yeah. Taking on Douglas Morrison, an old foe. An old foe. This be. His fuse and his trainer's fuse is going to be third time lucky. <laughs> for me, yes, not for him. So he's actively sought this fight out? I think so. Yeah, I, I just hope he's ready because no, I'll be all business when we're going to the ring, am I? Hey? And 
you've you've kind of hinted at it. And is is this your your final fight? Have you made peace with the fact that this is going to be yeah the 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 ending sort of the way to bookend your career? I think so. Yeah, I think so. You know, gonna I literally my career started off profiling myself in Park Avenue, the Cambridge rooms, which is now a car park. You know, and I used to love fighting there. I used to bring five hundred more. I think one one show. I think I fought for an Irish title in it. It was uh, about 600 people at him. He fought Leo Wims in, the, uh, in a rematch. And uh, he beat me down Galway, so I beat him up, up at my neck of woods. So, where I started, Park Avenue, finishing in Stormont Hotel. Yeah. So they're, they're pretty similar. I was going to say, you're not that you know? far away. Similar yeah. venue, similar size of venue for yeah. And also for you to bring a curtain down on what has been simply the best kickboxing career in my opinion that Ireland has seen oh, thank you yeah, thank so you. I mean you've obviously you've come away from that you've won world titles you've fought it says like you fought Mohammed Samir yeah um, tough horrendous tough fight you've had a pro boxing career yeah <laughs> um, we moved then from pro boxing back into the realm of kickboxing so it is something to behold yeah. it is quite an impressive and a career that probably spanned as you pointed out now two and a half Two and a half decades, 25 years? More or less, yeah. Were you ever tempted, when, when MMA kind of exploded on this island, were you ever tempted to, to give MMA a go? You know, no. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, and you're probably going to hate me for it. I didn't like it. I didn't it's like not it. for everybody. No, but it's not for everybody. See, see when they stood up and fought Chuck. Uh, Chuck Waddell. Chuck Waddell. Yeah. Love watching him. Big over on right. Couldn't you notice him? I was ignorant to it, and then I sort of way got to realize a wee bit of it, because over in the gym, we do a wee bit of Tai Jitsu, Jiu Jitsu, not yeah. only just kickboxing, no. And when we went to the ground, you use a wee bit of head chanteries and mm-hmm. removing it, and, you know, arm bars and all that. You know what? And I started watching wee bits and pieces, and Anderson Silva was mm-hmm. one of my favorites. The one I seen was ever doing the jumping back kick. Yeah. And then, of course, the man who you look like, Conor McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Who sold it to him? Hey, yeah. Don't get me wrong, I think he's a, a twat, a complete dick. Yeah, he is. But it's, but it's must watch television when he's yeah. fighting. Yeah. yeah, and he's a salesman. Businessman, totally 110% food. Fair play yeah. him, and I can relate where he came from, where he started with nothing, <laughs> now he's a multi-millionaire. Yeah. He has his own drink named after him. <laughs> Look at him, name is Harp. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know, fair juice to him for what he's done. But sometimes, you know, Lex going in the bar and clipping a, an okay because he wouldn't take your drink. Aye. Even the fact that it was two years ago, I yeah. just came, came And there's all the other rumours about him now, and he, he just seems to be spiralling out of control, and I think that comes with that fast fame, that yeah. fast, crazy fame. Nobody expected anybody to rise like that. People use the term meteoric. That was fucking, like, the fastest space shuttle taking off ever, his right. career, right? right? And then you find himself now, you know, very still a young guy, still with a lot of potential in the yeah. sport if he ever does make it back. But I always thought, you know, I was actually thinking about what Phil asked you on the way down there. I wonder what it would have been like, Gary Hamilton with four ounce gloves in MMA. Mm. You know, when Mick McCulloch was spokesman for UFC, yeah, yeah. apparently he asked, would I be interested in it? Now, to me then, as I said, I've never said no to a fight. Could I have done it? It means I would have had it took two years out of and just me, just to work, learn. Worked exclusively on wrestling, yeah. grappling. Have you ever stuck a pair of the four ounce gloves on? Never. Never. Because uh, I, I remember I've seen promoters do, uh, it was UK one, I think mm. they called it, because it was your guy Dave, Dave O'Connell, he was a promoter, yes. did, did Cage Rage, all that stuff. Mm. And he was, um, he was promoting K1 in MMA gloves. So, yeah, yeah, and Cage Thai used to do it over here. Kian Cowley was a Cage Thai I've seen uh, some ties who were obviously in the boxing ring, but they weren't the, the mitts. Yeah, so um, they were, yeah. Where did I see? Uh, 1FC. 1FC, yeah, that's done what that. it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're over. still doing that. Like, 1FC are still doing that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, K, K1 or, or Muay Thai and, and MMA gloves. Horrific. Because what? What's well, kind of hit with an elbow? I know. Well, think about that. Like. What's kind of what kind of fucked Kane Cowley a couple of times is <coughs> when he was covering up. He wasn't used to the distance covering up with a four ounce glove as opposed to an eight or a ten. Yeah. So there was those little minute gaps that people were getting through. Yeah. 
And it's those little things. That's that right, we get his gloves on. You know, stop with the size. You, know, you stand here, open my hands up. You know, you still got the peek a poop. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but um, yeah, you know, it's just that little less inches. Yeah, yeah. and that's actually what has what, in my opinion, what happened to Kane last time out against Magic mm-hmm. as well when he stepped back. He still kind of still had his hand up, but his Magic's hand went round the outside of Kane's left hand. And it was also that back and forth yeah. tie style that we kind of spoke about earlier. Movement rather than no head, rather than lateral. Really. Yeah. yeah. So we'll we'll get we'll get wrapped up so we can we can get you out here and get you preparing for your fight on Saturday. <laughs> My fight to be in the traffic now going home, get short, come back into this hole <laughs> <laughs> train people. So look, before we go anywhere, let's let's promote you a wee bit better now. You've moved out and into the personal training aspect, yeah. into the fitness industry. But you obviously you've been in the fitness industry now for twenty five years as a competitor, but now as a personal trainer, where can people find you? Um God, I can hear you speaking tongue tied now. I see I told you this here. <laughs> um, ASF, Argyle Business Centre, just off Northumberland Street or closer to Shankill Road. Yeah. It's in there. It's a wee small gym, but we work wonders. Is there a Facebook page, Instagram page, or anything? Just ASF or something? Or RC No, ASF would be under, and that'd be RC Scott. And what about the social media? You have uh, Instagram and you have Facebook as well. Just uh, my Instagram is ghfitness001, I think, or it'd be easier. Facebook, just Gary Hamilton. Yeah. Or there is G, it's fitness, but the thing is, he's just going in through Gary Hamilton mm-hmm. on uh, Facebook, and then people just use that there. For yeah. Well, final, final question. We ask, we ask everybody this at the end of the podcast. How would you like to be remembered? It's a thinker, isn't it? It is a thinker. Um, Either professionally, personally, or both. As a professional, as a fighter, one that never said no to a fight. As a person, <laughs> he's a fucking dickhead. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a guy. Yeah, he's a certain guy. Yeah. I think anybody who's met you will obviously say that straight away. Nobody's going to say like Gary's a dick. There would be a few. <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> we'll get them. Chances are, chances are, would be the people that like you as well. <laughs> <laughs> Gary is the biggest tool I've ever knew. <laughs> Anything he done, see Gary. <laughs> So it leaves us just to say, look, immense amounts of good luck for you on Saturday night. I know, obviously, luck doesn't really come into combat sports if you prepare well, um, but we both will be rooting for you. Podcast, I'll be rooting for you. Um, Thank you. Want you to come out, obviously, and maybe make, bring the curtain down in the career. But you never know. If you get a fast win, you might go to another. There's room for another There's one. Room, always room for one. <laughs> always one more in there. This is the room for one more. Then <laughs> I guarantee no more. So look. Thank you very much for your time today. Um, it's taking a bit longer to, uh, than unusual, but uh, thank you very much for spending some time with us. And again, we just wish you all the best in the future. If there's anything we can do to help you out later on, give us a wee shout and we'll try and come down and help you out promotion, stuff no like that worries. as well. But we've been more than happy to have you on. As I said, it's been a delight for us to come and have a chat with you as a, such a decorated kickboxer. Thank you. And all round striking exponent for Ireland, Northern Ireland. So, how about that? Andy, where can people find us on social media? Well, they can find us on the socials. Now that I've said the four times, it is definitely a thing. You can find us on Not Another Fightcast on Instagram and Not Another Fightcast on Facebook. Just on that note, folks, we have been very, very lucky just to break into the top 50 in UK fitness podcasts um, on iTunes, and we've made it the number 45. So thank you to everybody who's taken the time out of your day to like, subscribe, share, but please, please, please go and leave a review. If you think we're dicks, go and leave a review and tell us we're dicks if you don't please leave us a five star review because that's going to help us our goal is to get into the top 30 and then push on as I said before we're not here to take part we're here we are here to take over and also we want to move the podcast forward and build a better bigger nation of podcast listeners like ourselves Is that enough place to wrap it up, man? I think good. so as well. So, Gary, just thank you very much again for your time. Is there anybody you want to give a shout out to before we finish? No, it's just myself. Oh, no, <laughs> no, guys, thank you so much for, for uh, doing this. It's been a blast and being my first ever podcast. So, yeah, I hope it's went well. <laughs> again, it's one of those ones we're going to have to revisit. Um, definitely get you back on the show again. It's been complete. You've got so many fights, you've got so many cool stories. We'll definitely want to hear more of them. So, you should hear the stories about the after parties, they're even better. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I love uh, They're far better. I love my missus also listening to VR. Just tell her it's broke. So. <laughs> I have a dark issue, Gary. Dirty Gary, dark issue. <laughs> Fuck me, that's a, pod- a podcast in itself. Yeah. So thank you very much, folks, um, for your time. Thank you for listening. Please go share this with others. Let everybody else know where we are if you can find us. 
And that brings us to a close today, Phil. Thank you very much. You got anything to say? Just thank you very much. Like, share, subscribe, and give us a shout um, on the socials, as Andy would say. Let us know what you like, let us know what you don't, um, and let's build something special. Perfect. Also, uh, we did a bit of a poll there, and there was a, an appetite for an Irish MMA history podcast, which we are going to start doing. It'll probably be, take a period of, of months to go through all the Irish MMA history, which we will definitely do. So thank you again. Go back and listen to your back catalogue. Mr. Jeff Hall, Carlos Kramer. We have Paul Murray, world champion Andy Young. All the guys already on the podcast. And we're now uh, Danny Core too. And now with another world champion, Mr. Gary Hamilton. So folks, thank you very much for your time. We have been not another fight cast. And remember, folks, fighting solves everything. <laughs>